0: August 7th, 2023, we're in Maseche Bet Zandaf, Lamed Vav seven lines from the top of the Amud, just three words onto the line. Vinotnin keli hadelif If you recall, the Mishnah told us that if the circumstance, the situation is such that rain is falling into your home on Shabbat, by extension we might say there's a leak in your home, you're allowed to place a keli, a utensil, underneath it in order to collect it so it doesn't ruin um, anything uh, in your home it doesn't ruin the flooring it doesn't ruin uh, the furniture etc says the gemara tana we have a beraita which teaches further im nitmala hakeli, or if the keli, if the utensil becomes filled with water veshone the what you're allowed to do is you continuously Pour it outside, of course, not onto grass or something like that, and then bring it back. There's no issue with regards to the constant removal and return of it. Now that's what the Gemara cites from this Beraita. Tosafot already has a question. The Gemara on Amud Aleph and Dafla Amud Aleph in the Hava Amina assumed that the water which is falling in, which might not be a terrible assumption, is dirty water. If it's dirty water, as much as I don't want it over here and as much as the water might now overflow, but ultimately speaking, it should be a problem of mukzeh. It should in turn say that the keli, the utensil which receives it, is what we call a basis. It became a receptacle of something mukzeh. And if I'm dealing with a table which has only on it something that's Mukseh, the very table under many circumstances becomes Mukseh itself. If you take a look at the tosafot, they therefore are questioning, how are you allowed to remove this? Tosafot on the right-hand side, shopech <laughs> v'shoneh, uh, that which the Gemara initially assumed, we're dealing with water uh, that fell in, which is not raui, it's not drinkable, it's not clean enough. It's difficult. How are you carrying, even though the Beraita said you're allowed to, how did the Beraita permit doing so? The uh, Gemara in Shabbat describes a circumstance where um, if there's a kilkila, which means a a basket, which has inside of it an evin, a rock, a rock is a and full and com- fully and completely mukseh, you're not allowed to carry the basket, even though you want to use the basket for fruits, even though you want to, in our circumstance, remove this utensil uh, because of the water that's inside of it. But the water is mukseh, and in turn, the utensil itself should be as well. The Yesh Lomar answers Tosafot Mishum Shel Tosafot, looking to the next lines in the Gemara, makes a, a connection between these next lines in the Gemara, and their connection goes as follows, and it's the proper introduction to the next lines in our Gemara. Uh, Tosafot are uh, citing this item, this uh, this uh, concept known as gerif shel re'i. Gerif means a utensil, re'i means excrement, means, uh, means what's that? There you are. It's a something, it's a toilet of sorts, right? Something that has something else inside of it, which is disgusting. It need not be toilet, utensil, uh, inside of it. It means something disgusting. Garbage, by extension, would be a geref shel And what we'll see in the Gemara in just a moment is that although mukseh in and it of itself, right, if you to look at something, uh, excrement, uh, the dung of an animal that has no usage, if alternatively it's in your way, it's messing up, uh, there's a diaper in the middle of the floor, or there's a diaper that you took off of your child or grandchild. What am I to do with it? Well, it's Mukseh. leave it on the floor. No, that's going to ruin our regular activity in this room, in our home. The hachamim, who are the ones who said it's Mukseh, permitted removing it. That's what's known as geiref shil ra'i. In turn, says Tosafot, the water, which even if it's disgusting water, even if it's not usable, now that it filled up this utensil, which is in a room that you're using, that's why you're allowed to remove it and bring it back in. But it's muqseh, but it's geref shil ra'i. That's a very important concept because, again, that's what permits us to take out the garbage on Shabbat. Garbage is permitted to be removed because the garbage, if it's filled, if it's beginning to smell, if it's disgusting, it's a geref shil ra'i. It's for that reason in your home. If there's anything dirty on the floor, you might say, well, can't touch it, Mukseh. Alternatively, the halacha as geref shilrei is permitted entirely to remove. This comes into play very often. So again, Tosafot therefore suggests imnit when the keli, the utensil, became filled with water. The reason you're allowed to remove it non is because it's considered a geref shilrei. Again, Tosafot cites what's coming up right now. Let's see what's coming up right now. Be rehaya. Says Gemara, it was and happened that the bere hayah, the grinding area, the mill home, uh, the place where uh, they would grind the grain, de abaye, in the household or the factory of abaye, daluf. It became, uh, there was a leak and there was water falling onto the grinding mill and ruining it. It was made out of stone, made out of uh, maybe clay of some sort, and as a result, by the water falling onto it, that's a tremendous financial loss. He sees this happening on Shabbat, Yom Tob. He doesn't know what to do. He comes in front of Rabbah to ask him, what do I do? There's water falling onto my millstone. Amarle answers Rabbah to uh, Abayeh, Zil, go, bring your bed into your mill area, into the room where you have the grinding stone. That sounds ridiculous. Why am I bring my bed in there? That's where I grind my uh, grain. That has nothing to do with a place where I would be going to sleep. Why would I be doing so? kegeref shel re'i veapke so that you establish a situation. Listen, if it's the room where I uh, store my stuff, it's my uh, warehouse, it's my garage, that's not gate of re'i, I'm not going in there to live on the holiday, on Shabbat at all. Now that you put your bed in there, you can't go to sleep in there while there's water falling in, and therefore was a loophole of sorts. Says Rabbah, create a circumstance, a situation where, even though you weren't going to use this room on Shabbat, on Yom Tob, you now need to, your bed is in there, and as a result I need to remove the water. It's permitted now to catch the water and to take it out. What's that? Says the Gemara, fantastic question. Jared has the same question that Abaye had. Yativ Abaye v'kakashyale. Yativ, the taf and shin interchange, yashav. Abaye sat, I almost imagine it, with his hand on his chin or on his beard, v'kakashyale, and he was uh, questioning. Uh, he was bothered by or disturbed by the following question. osin shil Is it permitted to create, to craft a circumstance, a situation of uh, that receptacle of excrement? What do you mean you're creating it? Well, again, imagine and realize the following situation. I don't like, for one reason or another, that the outside of my house is dirty but we're not going outside my house, it's a snowy day, we're not going there. I said, but I need to get rid of that garbage which is in the backyard, it's just bothering me, I just need to get rid of it. Honey, let's bring our bed outside and place it over there so that now we have to remove it. That's ridiculous, that's nonsense. The hachamim were permitting, removing the garbage, the dirt, the excrement because it's messing with your regular um, uh, living space. If it's not your regular living space you're pulling a loophole on their words. That's not permitted. Abaye, in turn, is questioning. He didn't per se say it out loud to Rabbah. The Gemara doesn't say that he opened his mouth in the context of his rabbi to question him directly, but it does say he was thinking about this. He was pondering, he was questioning, could I really do this? a as he was questioning and thinking about this, nafal bere abaye. as that was happening, the roof or the walls of the grinding mill area of Abaye fell in. Which means to say, there was no question, no issue any longer with the water dropping in because the whole room was destroyed. Amar, Amar, said about the circumstance. Tetili, this was my reward. Of course, he means his punishment. De avre ademor, because I went against my rabbi's words. I went against my mentor's instructions. He told me I was allowed to do this. I questioned it, and even in that pause, that hesitation of thinking. I wonder if he's right about this. I envision, not per se, that God, so to speak, zapped it, but I understand the circumstances, my retribution for so doing. That's how this story ends. The question remains, though, and that was Jared's question, it was Abaye's question. Why was this permitted? Again, put back the situation to the snowy outside. Am I allowed to put my uh, dresser out there and pretend this is my room for a couple of minutes when it's really not? That's being uh, a situation where I'm loopholing the chachamim directly. And we are Pusik in osin gerif shel you're not allowed to do so. How do you rationalize that? How do you understand Rabbah's which the Gemara never comes back to? It just says, Abaye question. Oh, and that's why this happened. Tosafot on the right hand side. Tetili de avre Tetili, again, it's becoming to me. I deserve this. De that I transgressed. I went against. Addemor against my master. In other words, against Rabbah's words. Af even though de amrinan le tob. Earlier in the Masechet, in our last peric, on daf, excuse me, in the, much earlier, on daf kaf'alef amud bet, the Gemara told us, de'en osin geref shel ra'i The Gemara told us, you're not allowed to do this lecha tehillah. Any, any, anyone remember the situation? Why? The wine, you're not allowed to uh, invite as you have your finger on the page. Don't worry, I looked it up also. Um, so, uh, you're not allowed to invite on Yom Tob, if you recall, non Jewish guests. Why are you not mm-hmm. allowed to invite them? They enter into your home, they'll drink from the cup of wine but now you can't clear the cup of wine off the table. Uh, But maybe you could do so anyway because now you have dirty cups on the table. So you're not allowed to invite them knowing that they'll leave the little bit of wine in the cup. You'll have to clear it off, but you're not really allowed to. You can't loophole the hachabim. This is a financial loss. Tosafot so gives two answers, the first of which is Jesse's. Uh, says the Gemara, Sevir ale le Rabba. Rabba nonetheless thinks, his opinion is, share. this circumstance is permitted, our Gemara, where the water is falling onto the millstone, Mishum peseda, Pesedal lehafsid means to lose. As Jesse just said, our case is a financial loss. In that circumstance, where you're going to lose your millstone because the water which is falling in is going to ruin it, there the Hachamim say, "Yeah, you can loophole to that extent." Our words with our suggestion, put the bed in there as opposed to inviting the uh, non-Jews in. You're not losing anything. Just don't invite them. Alternatively, Tosafot says, "O mishum a different answer." De la mikru kolkach. Haha! <laughs> Over here, it's not really known as lechatchilah. You didn't, so to speak, proactively create the situation. Understand the difference before, before we read onward. Over there on Daf Kafal, if you invited the non-Jew in, you brought, so to speak, the Bravo. cup, the problem to the table over here, the rain came in. You didn't create that. It's already on your lap. It's true, you're creating the solution by bringing the bed in, but the beginning stages of the problem was not brought forth by you. Since the water was already dropping into the home, it's not exactly the same as when you invite the non-Jew in. So Tosafot then sets forth some interesting and important loopholes as well. If you're dealing with, we now understand, and this Is how we go, lahalatha, and financial loss is really the biggest issue. But as well, the second answer, the second approach, where it's already kind of there, the problem has already arisen. We already do consider and realize, let's see if we can find a situation within what happened already to say and to create. This is uncomfortable for me, and as a result, this needs to be removed. All right, continues the Gimma. Go ahead. You don't have an issue with Hashem punishing. you didn't hear how I injected a few words in there? I said, I don't, I don't believe, or I don't know if I said those words, it I may have been a little bit more matter of fact. I said that I, th- this did not per se happen as a zap. Because you did that, therefore this happened to you. It's rather, I was very careful in saying this, it's rather Abaye interpreted it as such. And the Gemara's words are in fact like that. The Gemara doesn't say, and therefore God punished me. It says, Abaye said, I deserve this. It's akin to the words of Harambam in the the beginning of the Chotaniyot. Harambam says, when we have public fast days, we're supposed to say to ourselves... Why are these things happening? Let me introspect and put it upon myself. We don't say God did this because we say, well, I feel something is wrong in nature, in the world, in the society around me. How can I fix it? And assume that it's because of me. So that's very much how I read it, and I think that that's the, the rabbis and the traditions' perspective on how we're supposed to interpret situations when things are different. When someone's sick, when someone uh, lost their money, instead of saying God punished because of they can and should say to themselves, what can I make better? It's an opportunity to look, to introspect. I really think that's what it is. And I think very carefully, it doesn't always happen this easily in the Gemara, but it's Abaye's words. It's not the Gemara. It's not the narrator's words. It's Abaye. Abaye says, I deserve this. It says the Gemara, Amar Geref shel re'i ve'avit shel meme raglay mutar so we're going to flesh out and finish this halakha of gerif shel re'i. And Shemuel's statement is gerif shel re'i. Again, that's the receptacle of the excrement. And avit shel memera glaim is uh, for urine. Ur- something that uh, urine collects into. Mutailah osiyan You're allowed to take them outside to the garbage area on Shabbat and Yom Tov. But wait a second, I thought it's mukseh. That's right, it's mukseh, but it, ca- it builds up. It makes the home smell, and as a result, you're allowed to remove it. What about bringing it back in? When you bring it back in, that receptacle for relieving yourself into, um, you put a little bit of water, or a lot of bit of water into it. What does the water help? Well, the understanding as Rashi helps us with is that since the receptacle is disgusting, even though you removed what was inside of it it's not fully cleaned and it's not at any point looked at as wow, well. that's something i would eat out of or drink out of or use in any way it's what's called muksameh hamat mius the gemara maschet shabtan daf talks about such a concept something that's muksameh hamat mius means it's disgusting You can't touch it, you can't move it because it's disgusting. This is disgusting. Put a little bit of water into it. By putting the water into it, you transform the reality. It might be disgusting, but it's holding something that's not so disgusting. Wait a second. The water that's inside of it, by a show of hands, how many of us are drinking from it? Of course, none of us. Disgusting. But maybe an animal would, is the way the post schemes say. And as a result, by just putting a little bit of water, you're allowed to bring it into your home. Pause for a second. Okay, What's you're, that? You're allowed to feed your animals. You're allowed to feed your animals. Thing. you can't carry them, say, for your animals no no we were posek on davav that provided that on davav we had that if it's nehalah uh, le uh, ba'ale uh, hayim it's mutar it's not going to be considered muksef per se that's in terms of doing a milah. Here it's an a, a banana It's just a mukseh. Good question. Um, I, I will tell you, however, that there's a particular conversation in, in Bet Yosef in Siman uh, Shin Hey uh, Bet Yosef has the following. He quotes from. Uh, from Mahari Abu Hab. There's a question with regards to this, is, it, is this a permissibility under all circumstances? In other words, to return this item back, is that just permitted, heke, you can, well, I have this, so just put some water and bring it back in? Or is it only when it's necessary to be had in your home? In other words, I don't need it. I have other places to relieve myself. Am I still allowed to put that water into it? It arises because the in Masechet Shabbat and maybe Kofla midbet says that the, if you recall, we even talked about this in Tosafot earlier in our Masechet, If there's unfortunately a dead body on Shabbat or on Yom Tov, what you can do is you put bread onto it or a baby, remember, and that's how you remove it. Even though the body itself is mukseh, the way you'll remove it is, but you're only allowed to do that, the Gemara cautioned and made very clear halacha wise, if it's because of a dead body, because it needs to be removed for kavotamit of some sort. Otherwise, you can't just fix every mukseh situation. by Putting a baby on top of it or bread on top of it. In turn, the question is, arises over here. Is it the same thing over here? We're dealing with something that's mukseh. You just put a little bit of water in it, and as a result, you could bring it back in. That's the debate, that's the conversation that arises in this context because the Gemara doesn't really distinguish. No, no, no. The Gemara. Allow it with the cup. What's that? A cup of wine on the side. No, no, no. no. Didn't we allow it to put the bread in the cup of wine? And then you can lift up the cup? That was when we learned the tosafot. That was the difficulty, yeah. but I thought the Gemara says only by a myth, and we deliberated and explained why it's uh, in that circumstance. I, yeah. I feel like if it's something reusable that has value, but I don't want you to discard it, because then you're going to be in a situation you're that... not going to have it. You're not going to have it. So, so, in other words, uh, Charles suggests that in this circumstance, that's uh, a good angle, is if it's going to potentially be ruined outside, even if you're not going to be using it, that might be the angle for the permissibility. Um, uh, so I still don't understand why you need to put the order Oh why didn't you need to put the water? Are you saying it's going to yeah, get Yeah, it's a good question because it's, it's, the water should be here. T- is. I'm doing an extra thing. I'd finish up my action to put it back. Is to put it in the right place. I'm not going to have the idol. No, 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 no. No, no. One second. The water's falling on my millstone, abaye. So now I I know, but why didn't you permit over there? It's going to get ruined. It's going to lose money. You Don't just take every... T- but permit because it's going to be ruined. Receptacle items. Receptacle is item. item. something that you're going to need in two hours I in the bathroom. You might, what, then what are you going to do? Okay, but that's the point. Oh, so, you, so as a result, Why you want you water? no water? You don't need yeah. water in it even? But where I need So, it. so it doesn't smell. Time around. No, 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 no but they're questioning if it's an absolute necessity for me, uh, why put water in it at all? The water is in order to permit it that it's not disgusting, it's not considered muxin. Right. Their question is, well, if I need it anyway, so then I shouldn't have to be worried about the water in it. No, right, it doesn't make it better? Disgusting if By the myth as well, doesn't it make it better? Didn't we find an angle within their system for permitting, which they don't want you to loophole generally? They found a loophole and they permitted it under circumstances, I think is the way to say it. Says so the Gemara, The understanding was we keep talking about a Geref Shel Rei. We talked now as well about an Avich Shel Meimer We talked about the receptacle of those items. What if, in a very disgusting situation, the item, that the dog, relieved itself without putting it into a receptacle, and that's on the floor? You're allowed to remove that. And is it only because I'm holding the receptacle and removing that that we have a permissibility? Or even if you're touching the item itself to remove it, the garbage itself? A bit of a, a but again, of a listen way. to the words we've used until now. We've <laughs> said the keli, the gerif, yeah, the havit. That's, that's the common, uh, common Alright, Says yeah. the gemara, mine, the understanding was, until now, gerif rei, And the reason it's specifically the receptacle, the item, as opposed to the disgusting thing itself. Agav mane in. Agav, on the back of, <laughs> by the way of, mana means the utensil, in yes that's when it's permitted since you have a utensil which is not disgusting, it's only disgusting because of the thing that's in it, but on its own, the disgusting item, our understanding was from Shemuel, would not be able to be removed. Now again, he may have just been talking about circumstance, you're generally not going to find it like that, but ultimately speaking, his words were such that the utensil has something disgusting that that could be removed. Our understanding initially, says the Gemara, was only by means of the utensil. tashema. The Gemara quickly dispels that from the following quick story, the they found a rat in the be Marke. Rashi says Marke is a reference to bissamim. There was some sort of bissamim room or home where he had pleasant scents, and they found in it uh, a, a rat. And what were they going to do? It's Shabbat, Yom Tov. It's disgusting. We want to remove it. Uh, it has to be. Uh, yeah, I'm imagining it's dead. Uh, if it was alive. I don't know. It could be even alive. It's Muksei either way. What's that? I, well, I don't know. if they, You'll see what they want to do. They're not per se capturing they're, they're removing it. Could have been even alive. I don't know who's going to hold it by a tail when it's alive. It might just run away, but okay. That's why I imagined it was dead. Amar Lehu Rav Ashe. Rav turned to, I guess, the family members or whoever was in the room was going in hold it or grab it by its tail and remove it, which seems clear, black on white, that we're not talking about because of the receptacle and by means of what it's inside that it can be removed, but the item itself. If it's disgusting in a place of dwelling which needs to be and would be used, you can remove it and get it out. means it's not per se the utensil which has the itself. It looks like it's sleeping. Well over here, is this sleeping in this room with the bisamim. It doesn't need to be sleeping. What if it's in your living room the bed with the, bed with the original example? <laughs> because the bed was the example of make it a dwelling place. You your millster, you're saying put a couch in there, I'm sure a couch would have worked as well. It has to be a place that, according to my understanding, that you would be using in a natural family fashion. It's not your garage. Attic I would say is off. Yeah, the, the that's, right. that's right. If a so the person go to, go, to go and to wait, you can pick it up. Say room. it again. A person's walking a dog outside, and there's a gerif shirra'i on someone else's property on Shabbat. Yeah. If it's on yours, if it's, on yours it's a gerif shirra'i. Outside of your home, it relieves itself. It's <laughs> sleeping. It like it's a that. place of dwelling you're asking if we have gerif shilrei in a, a more public area or even outside of your home, right. you like you right. right. home. But, but now you're making gerif shilrei <laughs> <laughs> how do the post scheme deal with this they do deal with this and there is a way and I, I imagine they use gerif shilrei sure. nobody clean, nobody we'll says do you around. don't clean it <laughs> Nobody says you don't clean it, but how do they permit? How is it a gerif shilra'i when it's not in a dwelling area? All right, we have to return to that because this is addressed by the poor scheme. When they talk about walk. they talk about it, walking. You your I, I understand, so then don't take it for a walk. Right. In other words, say, you you're... quick) So then, oh, yeah, don't, so then don't own a dog. You know, in other words, you can't tell me that since you have it, whatever. But I, I do believe they do it from Gerev Shirei. But the question is, why is that any different than the millstone area? In other words, it's in the room with my mill. All right, we have to return to that. Okay, the next Mishnah... Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I, and I knew the answer I gave a class on two three months ago I talked about this I remember even looking into it okay says the Mishnah over here uh, this next Mishnah is, is probably I may have said this more than once but I really mean it this time probably the most famous Mishnah Betza, because it deals with a lot of the more prevalent isurim, rabbinic restrictions the Shivut of Yom Tov of Shabbat where people know something's forbidden they don't really know why and when they find out the reason uh, in modern society they get uh, let down. They said that's the reason. And they, I thought it was asur from the Torah for some reason. That's the reason. So that's what we're going to be able to talk about, see all the cases, understand their reasoning, and try to understand in turn how it plays out in today's day and age. Uh, each one of them. So says the Mishnah: Kol shehayavim alav mishum shavut, mishum mishum mitzvah hayavim alav There are three types of categories with regards to rabbinic restrictions on Shabbat and on Yom Tov by extension. In other words, the Mishnah says anything which on Shabbat is either reshut, mitzvah, or or shevut are all forbidden. Then on Yom Tov as well, it's forbidden and liable for punishment. What's the difference between those three categories? Shevut means it has no semblance of mitzvah connected to it and we'll get examples of this in a moment. It's something you're doing for your own fun, your pleasure, your own reasonings, and the rabbi said, you're not allowed to do that. Reshut means, it's not per se obligatory, but I look at this, I say, that's the right thing to do. That may be a fulfillment of a mitzvah, even though I didn't need to be doing that. That too is forbidden under circumstances. And then mitzvah is this objectively, is the right thing to be doing if it wasn't Shabbat or Yom Tov, and nonetheless, on Shabbat is forbidden, these actions we'll talk about in a moment, and by extension on Yom Tov. What are we so, well, let's see. This says the Mishnah, that would be a good example, by the way. We're going, that, would the mitzvah, that would be a good example, but that's a Takanav Rabban Yohanan ben We list it separately, but it would be a great example. You'll see. Ve'eluhen, says the Mishnah, I'll give you the list of the ones we're referring to. Number one, Shevut. Shevut, again, is no semblance of Mitzvah. There's no necessary cause from a, a Mitzvah perspective to be doing this. What are they? alin ba'ilan. I want to climb a tree. Not allowed to. And says Rashi, hold on, hang tight. The Gemara will explain each one of these. So the first one, not allowed to climb a tree on Shabbat nor on Yom Tov. VeLo Al Gabe BeHema. You're not allowed to ride on an animal on Shabbat, nor on Yom Tov. And again, we already understand from the words in the Mishnah, these are all rabbinic restrictions. You're not going to find a biblical violation. You'll find a rabbinic restriction because of maybe a fear that you'll come to a biblical violation. Veloshatin al you're now let a float. This is what we talk about in the context of swimming. And again, as I mentioned, we're going to have to deal with each one of these and understand the parameters, the structure, the guidelines of each of these, because uh, does that mean under all circumstances? Velo Shatin Well, you have to understand what's the reasoning we have to be able to, we'll have to be able to understand the reasoning and apply it. The Gemara will help us with that. velo furthermore, other uh, situations of Shivut, no mitzvah connected to it at all. mitapehin. we saw this already on Daflamid Rashi says it means to clap your hands. And this, in fact, uh, we already talked about it over there. We talked about how this is a machloka between shohanaruch and rama, between sfaradim and ashkenazim. We'll return to talk about it quickly in the Gemara again with regards to clapping on Shabbat or Yom Tob. V'lo uh, v'lo uh, So again, uh, you're furthermore not allowed to be misapik. M'sapik means to be slapping your thigh, not your hands together, but I guess they used to, uh, to a beat, uh, slap their thigh. V'lo you're not allowed to dance. All of those are what we categorized as shivut. And in turn on Yom Tobe as well, rabbinically speaking. Here are the following cases of reshut. We called it quasi-mitzvah, not entirely mitzvah. It's the right thing to be doing under circumstances, but you don't need, need to be doing it. What are they? You're not allowed to be a judge. You're not allowed to be involved in a court case. You're not allowed to be mekadesh, betroth a woman, not allowed to do a, a formal halachic engagement, harayat Mishnah At the beginning of Massechik Kiddushin says there are three ways of doing so. The way we do it today is by giving an item of value, a coin or a ring, and saying harayat mekudesheh. At not allowed to do on Shabbat or Yom Tov. Velo velo as yibum and halitzah, I think we're familiar with. If lo a person, a man and a woman are married one to the other, and the man dies without children, without any sons, the wife in turn falls to the Torah tells us the brothers of that man. Now, ideally, the Torah says yibum is done, it means it's a levirate marriage. The brother now takes in that former wife, his former sister-in-law, and she's married to him. Not allowed to do that on Shabbat or Yom Tov. Halitzah is if they're not interested for whatever reason to do the yibum. There's a formal ceremony known as halitzah, taking the shoe off of the man and having a statement of me'en yevami, so uh, my, my Yavam is not interested in going forth with this. Not allowed to do that either on Shabbat or Yom Tov. Now you understand each of those are not per se mitzvah, they're not obligatory, but under circumstances it's the right thing to do. lastly, mishen mishu mitzvah, the following last list are actual mitzvah, not allowed to do these on Shabbat or Yom Tov. Number one, lamaktishin, you're not allowed to make something hektish, which means I look at the animal and I say, this will be a korban, this will be for the mikdash, you're not allowed to do that. V'lo <laughs> you're not allowed to say about someone else, about yourself, the value of that person is upon me. The Torah in Vayikra, Peter zain in says, there are different valuations that the Torah gives to different ages of men and women. If they're at this age range and you say, that value is upon me, you have to give that money to the mikdash, not allowed to do that obligation, which you're receiving upon yourself on Shabbat or Yom Tob, that's called arachin, we have a full masechet called you're not allowed to take an object and say this is hidden. Not haram, but herim. In other words, the value of this item or this item itself goes to Beit It goes to the Mikdash. Not allowed to do that on Yom Tov or Shabbat either. We've talked about Terumah Maaseh a lot. Let's just suffice in saying the donations, the obligatory donations to Kohen and Levi, respectively, not allowed to do on Shabbat or Yom Tov. And, of course, those are mitzvah. All of those are absolutely obligatory. The Mishnah concludes and says, all of these are said with regards to restriction on Yom Tov. Certainly so by Shabbat as well, because in Ben Yom Tob all the laws of Shabbat and Yom Tob are equivalent except for Ochel Nefesh, except for producing and bringing forth food which would be consumed on Yom Tob. And of course, by extension, we learned on Daf Yod Bet, anything associated with that. Otherwise, Shabbat and Yom Tob are identical. Baruch Amen